the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, happy Monday, August 18th to you. Hopefully you've maxed out your 401k or thinking about those kind of things for the year because the year's starting to wind up and you don't want to wait till December 24th, 25th to do your holiday shopping and uh, you don't want to wait till December 30th to 31st to do your investment ideas that you need to implement and execute. Enough already with some of the silly things out there. You know, get to work on this kind of stuff. You got to do it. couple things uh, that I want to talk about. Again, uh, I do my very, very best to bring to you the intraday news on Wall Street that's important to you. Again, on Wall Street. Um, what's it going to be tied towards? Day by day, it could be almost anything, right? The story I like to quickly tell is that on 9-10-2001, the story of the year was that sharks were eating people in the United States. There's a couple deadly shark attacks on the east and the west coast. And CNN was running the story, Summer of the Shark. On 9-11-2001, all things changed. Same thing happens on Wall Street on a different kind of magnitude. Um, Friday, there was news that suggested Ukrainian forces had destroyed a Russian convoy. That has been widely disputed. Um, and things got kind of crazy. Reports that Kurdish and Iraqi forces have made progress in crafting the Mosul Dam, adding some geopolitical bullishness. Uh, on to the stock markets. Yay. European stock indices up about 1%. Because, again, if on Friday we're sitting there, markets, you know, doing its thing, and a Russian armored column gets destroyed by Ukrainian forces, Russia's probably going to respond to that, right? That's the thought. 
and that everything's going to up, 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 up its game. Uh, so the good news is that nothing really happened over the weekend. So slow news day in August, apart from the geopolitical news. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that because, again, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to take a look at the headline news and go, hmm, not too much going on. Dollar General is entering the bid for Family Dollar, trying to nudge out Dollar Tree. that made the bid three weeks ago. Apache said it's found as much as 300 million barrels, barrels of crude off Western Australia, possibly one of Australia's large soil discoveries in decades. Uh, the Bundesbank, uh, being German banks, Germany's Bundesbank has warned that global tensions such as the crisis in Ukraine are weighing on the outlook for Europe's largest economy. I think that was pretty well expected and already noted. Uh, lovely. H.J. Hines has recalled some infant food in China after regulars found their excessive levels of lead impacting over 1,400 boxes. China still has very much so a quality problem with their food supply. Um, other stories of note today, and there has to be one or two, right? Obviously, uh, Missouri is continuing to suffer and work its way through. Ferguson, a suburb that uh, basically is a race problem. I think that's probably the fairest way of saying it, is that they're being policed in that community by people not of their own skin color, and it's causing problems with the perception of justice. That's all I have to say on something I know very little about. <clears throat> The S&P 500 up 13 today. Dow up 129. The NASDAQ up 31. 10-year Treasury sits at 2.3%. It had a rough slide last week, which means, yay, good things for U.S. markets, good things for borrowing costs, good things if you're in the uh, market for a refinance or a loan. But also showing you, like, was the movie? Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Or is it be afraid, be very, very afraid? Or was it be afraid, be very, very afraid? But be afraid, be very, very afraid when the 10-year treasury tell, it's telling you something. Something is not good. So the SP 500 up 13, the Dow up 129, the NASDAQ up 32, the 10-year treasury sits at 2.37%. Um, that's pretty low. Now, again, in our true economic despair of the economic recession, depression, jobless recovery, you know, we were down to one six. We didn't think we were going to come out of it, or the money didn't think it was safe, and thus it hid there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and much, much more. Um, a couple things I like to throw out there is over the weekend, it's always good to read brief, uh, Barron's. I think Barron's is always a good place to make your first start when it comes to, uh, uh how shall we say this? Mm-hmm. Kind of counter-intuitive thoughts. Barron's doesn't write the most loving pieces. They sometimes write some disturbing pieces, like, is the market overvalued? Will Cisco go away? And you're like, 
that company. Don't say that bad things. But then saying bad things about it actually helps you. So Dollar General offered $9.7 billion for family dollar stores, setting off a bidding war for a company that had agreed to an $8.5 billion takeover by Dollar Tree. So Dollar Tree put in a bid for $74.50. Dollar General says $78.50. Do I hear 80 Do I hear 80 81 So the deal is going to generate about $550-$600 million in cost savings annually. The CEO said, we look forward to expeditiously entering into a constructive discussion with Family Dollar in order to sign a definitive merger agreement. It's like, who's going to get left at the altar now? Is it Dollar Tree or Dollar General? Who's going to get left? Family Dollar. Eh. Dollar stores differ like golden clay. I guess they're like um, cards and balloons, but uh, they're not as... A lot of people think that they're wonderful for everything, and they're not. So you really have to be a good shopper to figure out a deal or not a deal. And I respect those of you who could do that. The battle for Family Dollar began after activist investor Carl Icahn and Nelson Peltz took large stakes in the retailer and then pushed for a sale. If Dollar General wins, Dollar Tree might end up acquiring many of the stores Dollar General spins off. Well, that's the positive. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, don't be shy today. I'd, I'd like a, a dialogue. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Any questions, any nagging issues? If you need some advice on love, pick up the phone. I'm here for you. I can tell you... Uh, all about your partner or how to get a partner. I am the love doctor. I'm also the money guy. I'm Rob Black. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Twitter is testing a small but significant change. People are freaking out. Twitter's doing a little experiment with its timeline. Some people have seen tweets that are favorited by friends showing up in their timeline. If you're not familiar with the ins and outs of Twitter, it's real simple. Twitter, there are a few core things you can do. You can tweet, which is expressing yourself. You can retweet which just basically sends out someone else's messages, message to your followers. You can reply, which is answering someone. You can favorite, which is hitting the little star on a tweet. And it's like, ooh, Rob Black thinks that's something worth seeing. I should see it too. 
Uh, of the actions, the favorite is the least clearly defined. Cool. So now someone else's tweet that they favorite it could show up in my timeline as their favorite tweet. I don't like it. Um, so Twitter's experimenting with, you know, bleeding those into the feeds. Twitter could be too cautious of this product, but it doesn't want to upset the vocal minority either. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. SP 500 is up 13. The Dow is up 135. The Nasdaq up 34. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He is with NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him online, NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him here on the airwaves between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on KDOW, his show, New Focus on Wealth. Now, California is the land of opportunity, and California has created a lot of real estate wealth. For people who have been in the state 10, 20, 30, 40 years, they've probably done well if they've owned a home for more than 15. A lot of Californians are going to be house rich in retirement. Some of them are going to be stock option rich. Some of them are going to be 401k rich. Some of them will be a combination of the, of the three. What do we need to know about being house rich in retirement? I get ready for a massive move in America where people are going to be downsizing their home in the next 20 years. You have so many baby boomers that are drastically undersaved for retirement, underprepared for retirement. Um, if they live in the Bay Area, likely if they're, they're one of these people in these studies that have undersaved, they're going to eventually having to tap their home in a reverse mortgage or, or move out of the state, move out of the country even. Uh, so studies I've seen, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies did one where only one in ten people make a calculation in their lifetime of how long their money is going to last. Okay. Other studies by retirement institute and other places have said that uh, of the people that do have 401k balances, the average person that has a 401k balance is only projected to save enough to replace 60% of their income. Okay. So hopefully their house is paid off by retirement so that they can have the option to tap some equity, sell it, move it, whatever it may be. That's one of the best things about owning a home is you pay yourself rent, which is means you're paying yourself equity. And after 10, 20, 30 years, hopefully it's added up to a a situation where maybe that equity you've paid yourself can now be turned into rent that you're paying to someone else, or maybe it's you just stay in the house. But Yeah, the, unfortunately, the, the affordability factor is an issue, too, because you get a 50-year-old wanting to buy a home, and it's gotten so expensive that they'll stop funding their 401K because they think it's such a great idea to buy a home, Right, which is a huge mistake. Right. If you can't afford to max out your 401K and buy that house, you're not ready to buy that house. I'm seeing a lot of people under 35 doing exactly what you're saying. They're not buying the house. Some of them are maxing out the 401k, some of them aren't. But that's really important to you, um, to have the nest egg totally separate than the home that you live in or the place that you rent. Yeah. yeah I mean, start working out of college, save 15% of pay while you're saving for that slush fund for that first home. You could even do that in your Roth IRA if you wanted to. And, and build up, get used to saving that 15% of pay. So that you know, if I continue to do that, that's what I need to be able to retire. This home will just supplement my retirement. Or maybe it'll take a couple of years off my retirement if I get it paid off early, you know, 30 years down the road. You have to take some time to do some calculations. You have to continue to be able to save money into your 401k. Take the time to, to not be these 1 in 10 people that don't run these calculations of how much they need in retirement. If you're going to run calculations, where should you go to see these calculations? Because let's say my house is worth a million dollars equity. I don't know how long that's. I I guess on the radio I say it's forty thousand dollars a year till the day I die. But how do I figure this out? You know, 
if you can't figure it out in, on a basic level, that's when you it's worth to pay maybe an hourly CFP, somebody that charges by the hour to, to do these projections for you. If you don't have the assets yet to have a wealth manager do it as part of the wealth management program, um, because the online calculators don't do a good job in analyzing your tax situation and forcing you to actually think about things like what are your health care costs in retirement. So people will just take their current expenses and and assume that they don't pay almost any taxes based on these online calculators, and they, they get disappointed. They're, they do a very poor job, unfortunately. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I get intimidated by making decisions in retirement. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, but at the same time, we also tell younger people that, you know, you start by saving that 15 to 20% of pay yeah. in total stock market index, international and emerging market indexes. If you do that, you can do a lot of things on your own until you get that first hundred dollars to $250,000 saved up. Make sure you have your disability insurance and you're saving you know, 15 to 20% of pay. You're going to be wealthy when you're 65. You just have to put your head down and do it. Okay. So when I threw out that intimidation thing, I was kind of saying that it, it's complicated. Like figuring out the value of your home and how many years of income that can translate into, it's intimidating. Yeah, or, that's what happens. The average that's what happens. Once you build up a certain amount of assets – you become just as nervous about making mistakes as, you know, picking the next mutual fund. So then you become worried about taxes because that starts eating and you see, oh, my gosh, I'm paying all this money on my because of my 1099s I'm getting. Um, so that's when you, you seek out the professional help. Seek out the professional help. You can find Shaft Burton at CF. Oh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But you can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com as well. And you can find me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. A third of people have nothing saved for retirement. A lot of folks have empty nest eggs. 36% of the people in the United States have nothing saved for retirement. 14% of people ages 65 and older have no savings for retirement. 26% of those 50 to 64, nothing. 33% of those 30 to 49, nothing. People under 30, it's 70%, 18 to 30. But keep in mind, uh, they need to start now. They're already behind. Um, you need ten to forty thousand dollars saved by the time you are thirty. If you're going to make ten to twenty times your income for your nest egg by the time you retire, that's what you're looking for. You make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You're looking for a million to two million dollars before you retire. It's pretty simple. George R R R R R R R Martin said that someone recently has figured out the ending to Game of Thrones <laughs> online. That's a little disconcerting. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Pick up the phone and give me a call. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air.
I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about stock market, what it's taking a look, what it's shaping up to look like. The White House is, you know, talking a little bit um, about the Russian military convoy being destroyed by the Ukraine. Did it happen? Did it not happen? Dollar General's offering to acquire Family Dollar for $78.50 a share. The first story there is political headlines that affected the market greatly on Friday. You know, here we are coasting along, having a good day, and then you hear the Ukrainians killed, uh, destroyed a Russian convoy of armor? That's not good. That, that's probably going to piss Russia off. Um, Europe's probably going to get into a little war there for a while. Two European countries. Um, I'm going to sell my, my stocks in Europe right now. That's what happened. So some consumer discretionary. Stocks doing well today. Financials doing well. Industrials, materials, technology. Weakness is seen in energy utilities, telco services. The second story, the Dollar General offering to acquire Family Dollar is interesting of note in the sense it's merger and acquisition, but it's also the second company. Dollar Tree offered to buy Family Dollar. Dollar General now stepping up and saying, no, 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 we want you. It's always good to be the girl guys fight over. She has her options increased, per se. If you're waiting to go to prom and no one's asking you out, no one's asking you out, no one's asking you out, then one guy asks you out, and then the head of the football team asks you out, like, woo like, who's next? Bring it on. Um, the bell of the party, per se. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. If you go to kittyow.biz, there's an opportunity to meet and uh, rub elbows with Steve Forbes Thursday evening. It's kittyow.biz. It's free. You just got to sign up for it. Um, it's downtown California, uh, San Francisco, um, Thursday evening, 639 uh Pretty good event. I think you'll like it very, very much. So he will be chit-chatting and talking. So uh, more information at kdow.biz. Let's talk a little real estate right now. Bring in Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's a mortgage lender. How are you, Tony? I'm well. Let's talk about 15-year – well, let's talk about mortgages, their product. There's a 30-year product where you get a, you know borrow $500,000 for 30 years. You pay interest on it. Uh, there's a 15-year, there's a 10-year, there's a 5-year, there's a 3-year, and after 3 years, if you haven't paid off, it balloons, and suddenly you owe everything, so you have to refinance that, which is appropriate, like, for instance, if I were in media and I'm moving a lot, or, you know, you get the idea. Like, right, so one of, the, one of the products that's available to people are short-term arms, but they're fixed for a certain period of time, so if you, for example, are moving quite often you can set the term of that fixed period for the time frame that you plan on staying in that, ha- that property. Unless you plan on buying a property and keeping it for a long period of time, maybe turning it into a rental and then moving, buying another property, then moving, you'd get a 30-year fix. But most people that do that kind of transient work, they're yeah. going to get like a five-year arm because the rate's almost three-quarters percent lower than the 30-year fix. Why give away money when you can simply just get a shorter-term loan? When I got into this business 15-plus years ago, I quickly learned that a mortgage is a product that – it's great because it doesn't readjust for inflation. It's great because it's a way of borrowing a large amount of money for a low cost that has a tax deduction likely to it. 
there's a lot of reasons to love it as a financial tool. But that's when mortgage rates were at 8 9% for a 30-year, you know, the 15-year. It just didn't make sense. Now, 15 years on a lot of cases makes sense. If you could afford – if you've maxed out your retirement, you don't need to save any extra money for retirement. You, you're saving a lot for retirement. A 15-year versus a 30 does make sense for some yeah. people. As the rates are as low as they are right now, it gives many more people an opportunity to manage that mortgage debt. Uh, a quick example, if you had a 5% mortgage or a 5.5% mortgage back uh, in 2008, or for example, and you can turn that into a 15-year today, five years later, uh, your payments might even be the same, and you're going to knock off 10 years off your loan. And that's 10 years of interest that you don't have to pay. So going into a 15-year can make a lot of sense for many, many, many people. Um, the, the spread between the 30-year and the 15-year is something that a lot of people are paying attention to as well. It, it historically is around 0.4%. Now it's up to 0.75, almost 0.8, meaning that there's a large, large spread between those two rates and giving you that payment savings. And it's, but it, what it, there's a really simple formula that a lot of people can follow. You simply take your current loan yeah. payment, multiply it by the remaining term, and that equals a dollar amount that you're going to pay to have that loan for that period of time. You take a new loan, like a 15-year, times uh, so it's 180 months, times the new payment, and that equals a certain dollar amount. That's usually lower because you're paying for a shorter period of time. You're paying less interest at a lower interest rate. It, it, the payment might be a little bit higher, so if you can afford it, that can sometimes make a lot of sense. With that out there... It's good to run scenarios, and you kind of lost me a little bit there. I'm a little bit sloppy on my mortgage math, and I need help. I need scenarios run, and I've done a lot of loans with you. And one thing that I'll say is, show me a 30-year, show me a 15-year, show me uh, good credit, bad credit. So, like, I want to see, because I'm a very visual, visual eater. I like to eat data. Uh, yeah, and, I got, uh, and I got that when I first got in the industry in, in the mid-2000s. A lot of people just wanted payment, payment, payment. So it's become more uh, of a practice in our industry to, to explain these these types of scenarios to people. As a matter of fact, we're required to list out different options for borrowers so that yeah. they can see what a 15-year does, what a 30-year does, what are the payment options, if you buy points, if you don't buy points. So these things are now a practice that we do. So I, I can understand that a lot of people still just want to say, what's my 30-year, what's my 15-year, I'll make the decision. There's a lot that, more that goes into it. Every 10 years in my personal property, I like to either take money out or sell the house and buy different properties. Mm -hmm. um, so I like the 30-year mortgage. I keep my payment low. I build equity slowly. Uh, for my rental properties, I like right now the 15-year mortgage because I'm able to pay them off faster. Depreciation is going to happen. That's fine. Um, but also, I like being cash flow positive. Yeah. And if I can be cash flow positive on a 15-year, done. If I can be cash flow positive by having it paid off, done. Again, with the rates as low as they are, you're able to do that on a consistent basis where you go five years, re-amortize for 30 years, pull some money out. Yep. It's something that a lot of people can do right now. That's why the industry is so, I, I think, is one more of the catalyst of why prices are going up because so many people are doing what they call the step-ups. So when I take money out of my house every 5, 10, 15 years by either refinance or selling the house, I'm using the mortgage to sell the house. I'm just selling off 200000 of it every slowly in chunks. Mm -hmm. Um People don't grasp that concept. It is a very powerful tool, a mortgage, especially if you learn how to use it for your better and not necessarily for the bank's better. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we are able to talk about. 
Um, investors have kind of spent the summer this season on the sidelines. After close to a year and a half of pumping money into the stock markets, mom and pops have kind of been hiding, according to data. Uh, domestic equity mutual funds surrendered some $26.6 billion in May, June, and July. Investors certainly have been given reason to be cautious, according to the markets. Every day we wake up to a new intensifying political problem, geopolitical problem, whether it's Russia or the Ukraine or Pakistan or Israel, um, Palestinians, it's you know Ebola, people bleeding through their eyes. Um, people are a little nervous, to say the least. Twitter's testing a small but significant change in its service, and again, people don't like it. Um, companies like Facebook have to introduce new product. One of the ones that Facebook introduced, for instance, is satire. They're thinking about introducing satire. So when there's a fake news story, it can be marked as satire because I think more than once, many people have been duped into a fake news story that kind of looks real, and then they start talking about it and treating it with uh, unjust respect. So an interesting angle on millennials. love reading about what's going to happen in the future. They tend to rent instead of buy. And this is starting to like really freak out the apparel retail industry. They're threatened by rental startups like Rent the Runway or Bag Borrow, Bag Borrow or Steal. Uh, trend has also spread to the music and hospitality industries with companies like Spotify and Airbnb doing very, very well. Um, never mind buying a second home when you can rent a chateau in France on Airbnb for $200 a night. Why hire a chauffeur when they don't come with an app that tracks their relative location to yours, like Uber or Lyft? Uh, even owning the latest album of your favorite band feels a little less appealing when you can stream it immediately on and offline with Spotify Pro Membership. $9.99 does take up any of your hard drive, and you don't lose it, per se. And that industry seems to be offering more for less. Rent the Runway has given an unlimited subscription service for accessories and handbags. It's a very, very interesting issue. And millennials have a very discriminating taste because of exposure to online reviews. Sharing is here to stay. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
Soccer's got a bit of a problem. No, I'm not talking football. I'm talking soccer. The Premier League, based in the United Kingdom, um, which isn't so premier compared to the Spanish League, based in Spain, um, they've said, like, hey, we're going to crack down on people reposting our videos. You know, enough's enough. And it didn't take long for this to figure out this is going to be very difficult for them to do. Sung Young Ki's 28th minute goal for Swansea in the season opener against Manchester United was available on Twitter. Six second video sharing service called Vine within minutes. Um, <clears throat> Vine social networks promote home videos. Users who have accounts can post content of their choice. Some accounts that post video, for instance, call them football vines, and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. Now, here's the problem, and I think you can see where this is going, is Manchester United, or not Manchester United, but the Premier League wants to crack down on this. <clears throat> the best part about soccer are the goals, right? We all love the goals. Goal! Goal! Go, 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 go! Right? Um... There was another video that hit Vine where a fan ran onto the pitch and a free kick was set up and he actually took the shot. Didn't score, but he took the shot. Um, what's interesting to note about this is, like, again, maybe you're like, I can watch the football Vine, the, you know, the best goals of the day, like in three minutes. Well, I watched the whole game. So the league isn't fearful of that. They just signed a three-year television rights package valued about $8.4 billion in domestic and overseas income. It's all exclusive rights to broadcast game highlights to companies like um, News International, which uh, is a big newspaper and owner of the Times. The use of vines and gifts to show Premier League football is a breach of copyright. And yet social media does not care. The whole media industry is kind of being disrupted. I told you there's an app out there called Popcorn Time, available for Google. and It can, it can Chromecast to your TV. It's totally illegal. But the media industry has a problem. Because it's starting to get easier to be a little bit anonymous. A little bit anonymous. I don't think any of us think we're ever truly anonymous. But if you use a virtual private network... Um, you're kind of anonymous. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, because it's such a radical... Such a radical uh, disruption. So, the Premier League wants to crack down on it. Good luck. Um, trying to find everyone who's posting a vine and finding their address, finding, you know, sending a lawyer to get in touch with them. Find out they have no money to go after. Uh, of course, you can go after you know some of the um, ISPs, but good luck. Anyway, anything you want to talk about? We can talk about some of the hottest markets in real estate. One of them came up recently. It's called North Panhandle in San Francisco. Um, the average value of home is 895000 median list. So, but 
You're like, who? What's this all? Do this again? Like, Northern Panhandle. Nopa. I know you're saying, like, really? They got a little, they got a little bit of everything for everyone out there, right? Let's take a look at the markets today. Um, it's a good day. It is a very good day. The S&P 500 is up 14. The Dow is up 140. The Nasdaq up 33. The 10-year Treasury sits at 2.37%. Gold sits at $1,300, roughly an ounce. Um, average cost for raising a kid. This is a wild story that's out there today. Average cost to raise a kid to the age of 18, middle class, $245,000. That's up 2% year over year. Now, depending on where you live and how much you earn, that could obviously be very different. High-income families who live in the urban northeast, they could expect to raise, spend $455,000 to raise a child to the age of 18. Low-income rural families will spend much, much less, an estimated 145000 that's a lot of money. And when you put it that way, it's like, it really makes, you know, thinking about what you're doing. The numbers are based on cost of housing, food, transportation, clothing, health care, education, child care. They don't include the college costs in the future, which is probably another $250,000, and that keeps rising. Good news, overall costs have grown more slowly in recent years, thanks to low inflation. But a lot of families are still having to do more with less. Rising transportation food costs are also eating up a big chunk of family budgets. Gas prices have nearly doubled since 2004. Food prices have increased more than 13% since 2008. And obviously, you know, you got to put food in a kid's belly. Um... Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, one of the areas on like trying to save money for your family on coupons, when you take a look at the coupons, you never see a coupon for fresh fruit or meat. You always see coupons for processed food that's becoming less and less a staple in people's lives. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. 
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Here's an interesting story of the day. And I, it kind of brings in the question of the day. Sprint's expected to offer cheaper plans this week. Um, top priority is to reduce prices. Sprint's the third largest wireless company in the United States. And let's face it, who wants number three? You could date the best-looking girl in the school. You can date her smart and sassy, cute-as-a-whip sister. Or, like, no, no, I'll take one of those, too. <laughs> like, okay. Like, I'll take one of those. Uh, uh, AT&T or Verizon. Sprint doesn't really come up as, you know, the hottie. Or the desirable one. So, a very disruptive plan in pricing what would it take to get you to drop your current service with AT&T or Verizon? I personally don't like my current service provider. I feel like, really? I've been with you how many years? And, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still, like, not being loved more? You want me to pay more? Keep in mind, the phone companies messed it up. Originally, they if you have one of those unlimited data plans in the past, you may want to keep it because now they're, they're focusing on data and what you want and use is data. Uh, at one point then they're like, okay, you get 300 minutes of talking time, but unlimited data. Now they're giving you unlimited talking time and they're being very, very stingy on the data. Um, 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 um. So in Chicago they did a test that they offered unlimited talk, text, and data for $50 a month, $30 less than what T-Mobile um, or Verizon AT&T don't offer. In Portland, Oregon, it tested a family-focused plan that offered lines for four smartphones and 20 gigabytes of data to share for 160 bucks. Same price as plans offered by AT&T and Verizon, but with twice as much data. Um, in Buffalo, they came up with a family plan at $10 discount per line, so any group of five users could pay $25 a month apiece for unlimited talk, text, and one gigabyte of data. A family. Companies like Netflix know that you're sharing passwords. And for now, they're okay with it. Not sure why, but for now they are. Long story short, um, and I don't know if I can do a long story short at this point in time. Um... Price wars are coming to the phones, markets, and I like it. I like those plans. I like all those plans, and all those plans are better than my current plan. Or I've got a current plan that that's considerably cheaper than. A family-focused plan that offered lines for four smartphones, 20 gigabytes of data, 160 bucks. Like, it's twice as much on Verizon and AT&T. So unlimited text, talk, and data for 50 bucks a month? AT&T and Verizon don't even offer that. It's going to be interesting because I think I would change. I think I have a price point, breaking point. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, money, investing, and more. Um, dollar General makes a $9.7 billion bid for Family Dollar. Countering Family Trees bid for Family Dollar. Dollar General offered $9.7 billion. All got started when Carl Icahn took up a position and basically starting to force the hand 
of the smaller player that's inefficient to be acquired. There is great potential operating synergies. And there is a, you do get more volume potential purchases. So very, very interesting. The proposed combination of Dollar General and Family Dollar would add earnings by a low double-digit percentage in the first full year, excluding implementation and transaction costs. Family Dollar and Dollar Tree are number two and number three, chains by number of outlets, while Dollar General is by fear far the largest. Cheap household goods. Um, sales have been slowing since the U.S. began economy began improving, and consumers became less focused on bargains. Other top stories of note, having a baby is going to cost you $245,000 from age 0 to 17. Whoa. I love it that a kid's age 0 until his first birthday. Nothing cute about that. How are you, 0? Then again, a kid that could say that he's 0 probably would be, like, highly sought after. So... Home builder confidence surging despite slower sales. After leaping decisively into positive territory in July, home builder sentiment pulled another surprise. A monthly index from the National Association of Home Builders measures confidence. I was talking to someone who uh, does loans. Hey, I wasn't actually talking to someone. I was talking to someone who was talking to someone who does loans. And what was funny about it was the guy was comparing his message and his work to like almost that of like a great Gandhi or something. I do really good work for people. Well, no, you get a transaction fee is what you do. Insurers are out there today saying that Obama's fixed. Do you remember when he said, if you like your plan, you can keep it? A lot of people were finding that, you know, with uh, the... Affordable Care Act, a lot of people are finding that their plan, like, they're 60 years old. They're not going to have another baby, but under Affordable Care, they had to pay for, you know, potentially having a baby. Um, let's just say a 60-year-old woman, or maybe even a guy who's 60 years old inside of the second. Like, it's not going to happen. Or let's say a 60-year-old person who's impotent. You still have to pay for it under the new Affordable Care Act, but, you know, he was getting criticized for it, so he came out and he famously said, if you like your plan, you can keep it. Now, due to grandfathering those non-compliant plans in, they've been beneficial for some people, but it's also going to equal higher premiums. So you're seeing insurance companies this year starting to react again to now that the plan's a year old and getting some, you know, age to it. Every year, you know, the insurance companies are saying, well, okay, with everything that's out there, we have to raise prices 7.5% to 12% on those plans. So... We'll see. Like, history tells the story. Like, you can look at Iraq right now and go, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. But in 20 years from now, they're voting and they're a, a, a beneficial member of the community, economically speaking. It was worth it. 20 years from now, we'll take a look back at what's happening in um, Missouri. And will we get to the point where... Our police forces reflect the cultures that they're policing. Maybe in 20 years we do. Um, I don't have a really big, strong opinion on this. 
but I think that's how you always want to look at things with some perspective and not necessarily in the moment. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I'm Rob Black. Would love to chit-chat with you, so don't be shy, okay? 800-516-1220. Coming up, more of you and your money. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Remember the comedian who goes, you might be a redneck if you got two cars up on jacks. Well, you might be a loser if you're using the social network sober. Listen to what this says. Or you might have a drinking problem, okay? Sober, S-O-B-R-R, is an app that deletes your drunken debauchery after a day. Bruce Yang had one of those raucous bachelor, bachelor Vegas things going on. And supposedly him and all his friends started posting stuff on social media sites. And the next day, he was like, had to go clean himself up on Facebook, WeChat, WhatsApp. Um, he was foggy. So he said, let's make an app on this. Photos, messages, friends, new connections all disappear within 24 hours. Now, on its face, to me, that sounds like, eh, I don't get it. Like, we're, we've gone too far. We're making up stuff to make up. On the other side of it, though, there is something to be said for cleaning up. Um, and the Facebook could instantly, and should instantly, add this feature. Um, but uh, the whole cleaning up of the Internet is kind of just weird. Like, Google's having problems with it, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, let's take a look at the market numbers, see where we're standing. We started very, very strong because war didn't break out in Russia or in the Ukraine. S&P 500 is up 15, the Dow's up 153, the Nasdaq up 38. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton, he joins me on a regular basis, talk financial planning issues with me. How does a CFP approach estate planning? Obviously, estate planning, give me a real brief sentence of what it means. Well, estate planning is to, if you become incapacitated, who's going to handle your affairs for you while you're alive? And then once you die, how do we distribute assets the way you want it, your charities, your kids, the least amount of probate costs, the least amount of taxes possible? The the issue with the CFP, the way that we approach it is attorneys tend to uh, deal with what the asset values are now. Okay. We'll project it way out into the future so that we know, based on normal life expectancies, here's what we're dealing with in terms of real estate values, retirement account values, stocks, bonds, and so that you can really truly deal with what it is. Because 
I've seen people that are worth three and a half million dollars at age forty, but the way that they're spending their money, yeah, they're they're dead broke by the time they're eighty. So they they spend all this money on these expensive estate planning documents, where they're really projected to be poor in the future. It's fascinating that you say that because you're age forty three and a half million. That sounds great. It's kind of like NFL football players, yeah, yeah, where they come out and by age twenty five thirty they've got millions and millions, but they spend like they've got millions and millions, and yeah. That income stops and the outflow goes on, and you know what happens. So once it's done, once people have you know started figuring out estate planning, um, what do we need to know about that approach to estate planning, and then you know executing it into a trust per se? Well, first of all, it's really important right now that people take a new look at their trust, even if they've done it in the last two years, because the end of 2012 laws were changed significantly. The amount you could leave to your heirs changed, and now most people's trust force the funding of what's called a bypass trust at the first spouse's death. You don't have to have that anymore because the first person that dies, their amount can port over to the surviving spouse, and which is which is really, really great. The problem is, is that what if you pass away early and your half of the community property goes to your surviving spouse, then that surviving spouse remarries, right? And then all of a sudden, instead of your kids being named as beneficiaries, somebody else's kids or somebody else's family ends up with the money. So it's very, you, you've got to redo that because that bypass trust, you might, uh, I think Michelle Lerman calls it a Q-tipable bypass trust. Q-tip is a, a term that we, we don't need to get into, but it's really a protection trust so that you can still port that over but and have assets of the property goes where you want it to go, hmm. you know, at, at, at your desk. So it's very important that people redo their trust. Right. Um, and then while you're doing that, the thing is, is that, the attorney might give you the trust, but you have to redo your beneficiary designations. So your retirement accounts might name your spouse as primary, and then a trust is contingent. You've got to make sure that the trust that you have has the right language for retirement accounts called conduit or see-through language. If you want to leave money to charity and you want to do it, the best way to do it is with retirement accounts because the charities never pay taxes on that money. Okay. What I like to do is separate. If you want to leave 100000 to your church, then we put that into a separate IRA, that 100000 and name the church as the beneficiary so it doesn't screw up the the other beneficiaries in terms of being able to defer the taxes over their lifetime in an inherited IRA. Then we get into things like charitable planning and leaving a legacy, really going into the hopes and, and dreams of, of how you want to have your money work for you after you die. What is a charitable trust? It's it's a Basically, it's a way that you can take a, a low basis asset that you want to sell and get income from. You put it into the trust, you get a tax deduction. You don't pay the, the capital gains tax currently at all. You get a tax deduction instead. You get lifetime income. And then when you pass, whatever's left over in the trust goes to your favorite charity. And there's no estate taxes on that money. So Uncle Sam gets cut out of the picture, and you use some of that income to fund another irrevocable life insurance trust that buys insurance on you so that your kids get that same amount tax-free. Everybody wins except Uncle Sam in that one. So. If people are, you know, have charitable intent and low basis stock, what um, happens? So it's such a great planning tool. What happens if you fund a charitable trust and then the stock market tanks, and whatever you gave them, like let's say XYZ stock, goes from five hundred to five? Mm-hmm. Is there a ramification? Um, there's no ramification. It's just that it t- you typically you you get a percentage of the income, so five or six percent. Mm-hmm. And so if the, it tanks, you're going to get a lower income from it, unless you have some sort of a um, there, there are ways to get guaranteed income out of them, um, some of the alternative products that we've talked about before. 
but usually your charitable trusts are going to be um, very balanced portfolios, you know, not a ton of risk because you're going to, you're really going to want the income and you want to have money left over for your heirs. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton. He does a show here on the station from 1 to 2 p.m. If you want to get a podcast of this show, you can find that at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. I highly endorse, I highly recommend. His knowledge base is totally different than mine. That's why we work well together. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So I think uh, one of the more interesting stories out there today is tied towards bourbon. Bourbon production reaches its highest level since the 1970s. In a business where patience is part of the process, Kentucky bourbon makers are making a big bet stashing away their largest stockpiles in more than a generation in basically cutting down on the supply, even though the demand is picking up. Distillers are putting up the tab for millions of rounds of bourbon years before they even ordered. It's an inherent risk. You match supply with demand. It's one of the oldest, uh, not cliches, but maxims on Wall Street that you have to play with and, and work with and grasp and feel good with before you become a good investor. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Robblack.com is my website. Drop me an email, Rob, robblackshow.com. Let me read a real email that I got from you, and I think it's uh, pretty telling. Uh, from Carolyn. She goes, you asked for content? Check out NVR from August 4th online at 8 minutes. A new twist on real estate and how student loans, the economy have increased the average age of new home buyers from 31 to 34, which negatively impacts home prices and home goods sales. Her thought was, my thought was, the recent bill to lower students on loans, the banking industry won, but where was the real estate lobby? This is a very sobering future. Um, it's also a pent-up demand future, is my commentary, that women do want to have children they have a biological clock, and I haven't met anyone who said, you know what, my biological clock ticked, it's gone, it's moved on. Um, I know a woman who's 40 who's hiring a matchmaker for $10,000 because her biological clock is ticking. In New York City, one of the big new fads is... Um, having your eggs frozen parties, egg freezing parties, 
I know, you're like, no, yes, no, yes, no, 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 yes, no, 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 yes. Um, here's something that I'll throw out there, changing the topics ever so slightly, but I, I do think there is pent-up demand, and Freezing of the Eggs tells that story, and I do think that people will continue to have children, um, and that future is okay. I do think the housing industry goes through cycles. I believe that as interest rates start to rise next year, um, you're going to be able to afford less house. So I think that'll hurt the high-end houses, and I think it'll help the lower-end, the middle-end homes. When S&P 500, there's something called um, spiders, and like you can buy the S&P 500, ticker symbol SPY, tracks the S&P 500 index. Um, that was the first kind of like, uh, it was the first kind of ETF. Now the number of ETFs and similar products have hit 1,600. This was way back in 1993 uh, when the spider was the first one to jump out. Whitney Houston was topping the charts. People were buying baby beanies. Cheers was in its final season, and thus is born the spider, ticker symbol SPY. The first ETFs, they filled a need. They provided investors with low-cost vehicles for tracking big indexes like the NASDAQ and the SP 500, while allowing investors to get in and out of a fund anytime through the trading day. Hallmarks of many of these exchange-traded fund products are complex. Narrow focus, heightened risk through the use of leverage. I want you to own ETFs, but I want you to own them the right way and not go for home runs. Leveraged ETFs are big problems. They're known as ultra funds. Their investment aim is to double or triple the S&P 500, or double or triple technology, or double or triple oil. Um, with a leverage ETF, you can make the right call on the direction of a particular index, but you could still lose money over an extended period of time because of those leveraged options that are inside of them. For instance, the ProShares Ultra Pro S&P 500 ETF, ticker symbol UPRO, it's tried to return three times the benchmark. It lost 12%, even though the S&P 500 gained 2.1%. So be careful on the ultra funds. They don't work over time. They work over a very short period of time. Um, so ETFs, again, I get greed and I get going, well, I might as well own three times the S&P 500 if Rob's going to bet on the S&P 500. You want to be careful on inverse ETFs. They're designed to return the opposite of an index they track, <clears throat> aiming to benefit from a decline in the market. Um, dividing the direction of a market's tough enough. Betting against a market or a particular index is even tougher. Even though it looks sure that it's going to go down, consider what has happened to investors who have been bearish on the U.S. stock market in recent years. Um, as with leverage fund, inverse funds can deliver a promise, inverse return on a daily basis. But after that, they start becoming very disappointing. So, for example, in 2008... The Morgan Stanley Country Index Emerging Markets Index lost 53%, but if you were short it, you only got 19.6% on the pro shares. Um, so you didn't get that down 53%. Um, I can give you another example. You know, March 2009, 
2011, financial index lost 12.8%, but the ProShares short financials gained 2%. Even though you were short it, you still lost it uh, compared to what actually happened. So you were right, but it didn't pay off for you. Leverage in inverse ETFs are <laughs> example one and example two. Now they're example three, just put together. I don't think you need exchange-traded notes as close cousins of ETFs. ETNs seek to match the performance of an index. They charge low fees. You can trade them throughout the day. They don't actually own a portfolio of stocks or anything, though. They're unsecured debt, usually issued by an investment bank that promises upon the notes maturity to give it back to you. You don't need it, in my opinion, because in addition to your other investment concerns, do you want to worry about whether an ETN issuer can survive the next financial crisis? In 2008, Lehman Brothers, which you know had issued three ETNs, failed. Um, who were they for, you may ask? They can sometimes do a better job of tracking commodity prices than other kinds of ETNs or exchange-traded products. If you're investing in a commodity ETN, you, know, you get a wide range of investments and solid backing. Um, there's a good one called Elements Rogers International Commodity. It tracks 36 commodities. It's backed by the Swedish government. So... I'm not totally against. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, I would be careful on obscure country ETFs as well. Like when you start making a bet on Cater. Um, I just, you know, you may assume the funds represent a good way to get exposure to like an oil-rich Middle East country. But the funds were heavily positioned in financial stocks and held less than 10% in energy. So just be careful with you know the products that you fall in love with. I don't like the currency hedged overseas sector ETFs. I don't like narrow sector ETFs. Um, for instance, there's one for the food industry. Um, it's called SOIL, ticker symbol S-O-I-L. Uh, it mimics performance of index that invest in companies with the fertilizer industry. Um, unless you have dirt on a specific sector to plant your cash wisely, steer clear. Um, and again, you know, drought, you're like, we're going to need fertilizers. Um, be very, very cautious. Um, and I'd also watch out for trend ETFs. Some trends are nothing more than a flash in the pan. Others develop into something more important. Um, you, know, you know, for instance, uh, I don't think that you need... Um, global warning ETN. You know, like um, the political risk of the world is greater now than at any other point in time in history. Now you should be investing in stocks that will take advantage of a global crisis. And uh, I don't get it. So, and that would like maybe a Bitcoin would be a player there because um, at that point in time you're basically making a bet that's tied towards the dollar getting weaker because of political instability. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. So be careful with your ETFs. Um, I like them, but I don't like all of them. And I think that's a fair thing to say. Other big stories of note today. Um, a lot of people have empty nest eggs. One-third of people in the United States have nothing saved for retirement. And retirement's going to look like this for them. Probably going to be living in... A trailer. You tell me. You tell me if you don't like hearing that. Eating beanie weenies. 
your mom retires. She has no money. She's getting Social Security of basically $16,000 a year after taxes, after paying for health care coverage, maybe $8,000 a year. She's got no savings for retirement. What's her retirement going to look like? It's not good. 14% of people age 65 and older have no retirement savings. So maybe we should invest in trailer parks, huh? 26% of people age 50 to 64 have none. A lot of people realize that they're not on track for saving for retirement. The two most important reasons they give when they're told this are cost of living and day-to-day expenses. Um, I think if you're not saving for retirement and you have cable TV, you're, you're acting in a criminal behavior. It's, it's, I'm not going to give you the death penalty, but you're giving yourself poverty in retirement. Uh, and it's sad to see, because I don't want anyone to have a sad retirement. It makes me sad when I think about sad retirements, because you work your whole life, and then you get your golden years, and they're, they're actually not golden. They're, you know, uh, vinyl siding in a trailer. Now, I'm Rob Black, going to California. That's what I did 15 years ago, and I ain't leaving. Take a break here. Be right back. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? You let me know. We'll talk about it. I promise if you listen to the show, I will do everything I can to come up with content that reflects your needs. Um, I can't always be perfect on that, but I do try. Um, You know, some of the top stories out there. Um, Dollar General entering a bidding war for Family Dollar. SoftBank and its U.S. unit Sprint picked Sharp as their partner to develop low-cost smartphones, breathing life into Sharp's fast, dwindling handset operations. The day and age of a $600 smartphone, are we getting to the point where we don't need much more? And then it becomes a services angle. Apple still have found a way to come out with a product that wows us and impresses us. We're about three weeks away from seeing their newest. Will we be wowed and will we be impressed? Keep in mind that the hardware business of companies like Dell, do you remember when there was a 286? Well, I remember the 8086 computer, the 
286, the 386, the 486, the Pentium. Now they've got the i i versions, i3, i5, i7, second generation, third generation. And let's just put it this way. When we were buying the Dells back in the 90s, it's pretty common to pay $4,000 for a computer. Then it became $3,000, it became $2,500, then it became $2,000. And we're all waiting for the sub-$1,000, it became $1,500, then $1,200, $1,100, then $1,000 for a desktop computer. And now you can basically get a desktop for anywhere between $300 and $800. And if you're paying much more than that, are you really getting any bang for your buck? That's going to be a big, big issue coming up for Apple. Um, as at some point in time, are we getting any more bang for our buck? So they have to continually prove that in maybe, what, maybe three, five, seven, ten years? I don't know. But at some point in time, you're going to say, hey, the value's just not there. I can go with this old five-year, I, I can go with, I can easily work and live and be okay with a computer that's five to ten years old. Maybe not ten, but definitely five. Um <clears throat> Then again, I'm also aging, and as I age, my need for power goes lower. Um, so that's going to be interesting again to watch. You know, can Apple continue to sell it? Sell it! Uh, so that Sprint story, by the way, making cheaper phones, there's also an angle there where they're going to try to disrupt the AT&Ts and Verizons. They've been testing a plan that offered unlimited talk, text, and data for $50 a month which T-Mobile is $80 a month. Verizon and AT&T don't even play. In Oregon, they tested a family-focused plan that offered lines for smartphones, 20 gigabits of data to share for 160 bucks a month. Uh, that same plan by AT&T and Verizon is twice as much. In Buffalo, they offered what's called a family plan because they kind of know that uh, someone's daughter's in Texas, and the family lives in California, and uh, family is very loosely defined, right? Any group of five users, in this case, they pay $25 a month apiece for unlimited talk, text, and one gigabyte of data. So Sprint's going to announce these new pricing plans uh, sometime this week. And which ones will we get, which ones won't we get? Will it be enough for you to say, you know what, I'm paying 160 you know, one month it was 200 because we went over the data plan, and I'm out. I'm switching to something cheaper, and I can get more, more. So the question is, uh, which carrier to go with? And the question is, what do you want to pay for? Um, hmm. Let's see. The, other big story, wearable shipments going to see 129% growth. Woo! I had a wearable for a little while. I had one of those Nike um, fuel bands. And it was okay. Um, it certainly made me exercise a little bit more trying to hit, main, hit and maintain goals. The downside of it was that it broke after three months. Shipments of wearable devices are set to explode 129% in 2014 amid a slew of new products slated to come to the market. Wearable shipments will hit 22 million next year, up from 9.7 million in 2013. They will continue to grow to 135 million units in 2018. Cumulative sales of wearable technology over the next five years will hit 370 million. So if Apple can get a piece of that, it would be a new category for them, right? The wearables out there now, I'm just I'm okay with. 
they're a perfect gift for the person who has everything. So fourth quarter this year will be the biggest quarter, clearly, for, you know, wearables. We're thinking $35 million. Major tech giants have clearly focused on this, with Apple, obviously, in the iWatch rumors for the last three years. Samsung's Galaxy Gear range, Google's Glass. It's pretty much so no surprise that smartwatches have been the focus. Over half the wearables sold in 2018 will be watches. Investors have pretty much so spent the summer so far on the sidelines. Uh, $26.6 billion in equity flows out of the stock market in mutual fund data. Um, you can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can get a podcast of the show at kdow.biz, or you can get it from my website, robblack.com. Sign up for the Money Expo this week at kdow.biz. It's free. Steve Forbes, sign up for a free meet and greet with Steve Forbes Thursday evening. It's free. We've only got a few spaces left. Sign up for it at kdow.biz. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.